Make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Good Monday evening, everybody. I am the host of the Redfish Chuck Show, Charles Levi, joining me in the studio slash at his house is Peppy Vidal. Hey, what's up? What's up? Monday night. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed it is. Um, We got Monday night football on tonight, the Dolphins and the Bucks, which pretty much guarantees one of those crappy teams a win. So, uh, yeah, they got to be excited about that. Um, got a lot to get to. Obviously we didn't have the, uh, for those of you that were planning on coming out for the cars park, Redfish classic, uh, it didn't happen. Um, could have happened. Didn't happen. Um, but you know what? You should always err on the side of caution when dealing with tournaments and people in kayaks. So, Winds were predicted to be pretty rough, pretty nasty. So, uh, you know, you got to uh, you got to do what you got to do. You know, Mr. Alan Ryland, are the co-host here. He uh, had to make a decision, and I think it was the right one. So, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, let's see. Speaking of Alan, our good friend Alan, uh, I'd like to thank everybody who participated in the raffle that we held for Alan and uh, it raised some money for him and his wife to help them with some medical bills and other expenditures that they've had over the last couple of months. Um, the, uh, the raffle was a, a, a success. We reached a total goal of what I was hoping to, to reach. So that's good. Um, and uh, once he gets back from his, he beat cancer trip that Chris Sensi took him on up in uh, Louisiana. Then uh, we'll be talking with Alan and getting him his jingle to help out with those, uh, those bills. So kudos to all of you that got involved with that, man. It was a great showing as far as support for, for him and for his family. And I definitely appreciate that. Um, Still have some people out there who have not come forward for prizes 
Um, I'm going to repost the list of winning numbers and all that kind of thing here in another, uh, probably tomorrow, tomorrow morning, I'll probably do it. <clears throat> and then if uh, people don't start stepping up, then I'll probably draw a couple more names, you know, a couple, couple more numbers, I should say. I still have the tickets, and hopefully you guys still have your emails that I sent your tickets out to, or at least you knew what your ticket numbers were, and uh, we'll go from there. Otherwise, we'll just auction off the items, and proceeds will go to Alan. So, Kayak Fishing Radio. For those of you that are new to Kayak Fishing Radio who haven't listened to our program before, um, basically, we just like to talk about kayak fishing, uh, fishing reports, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, how-tos and things like that. So um, feel free to contact us and ask us questions. If you want to hear a topic for the evening, let us know. Um, always open for suggestions. And it is uh, tonight or today has been the day or this entire weekend really has been a, a weekend to remember those and to show some respect to those who have fought for our country. So on behalf of the entire kayak fishing radio family, I'd like to say thank you very much to all of the men and women who have served and continue to serve our country. Um, my father, my grandfather, they're all vets. And, uh, you know, I appreciate obviously their service. I mean, I think my, that helped to mold my dad, which also in turn helped to mold me into the man that I am today. So there you go. There you have it. Peppy. Yes, sir. I know you were excited last week because you got yourself a new toy. Yeah, I got myself a new toy, man. I'm in love with that <laughs> thing, man. Why don't you tell us about your uh, tell us about your day out on the water and your experience with your new boat? Yeah, I got um got the boat on uh when was it on the Friday? Yeah, Friday I picked it up at Kayak by boat and um, got it all set up and everything like that. And of course, I wanted it. I was I, I wanted it in time for Allen's tournament, and uh, turns out it got here in time for Allen's tournament and all that stuff. But it turns out, you know, tournament got canceled. Um, so I decided to take it out yesterday. First time I take it out in the water uh, yesterday morning, and it was pretty calm yesterday morning. It wasn't too bad until about an hour, an hour and a half into. Now, I would say somewhere around 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, the wind started picking up some, and it was blowing out of the north in the Mosquito Lagoon. And let me tell you, that thing is, that thing, I'm asking myself, why haven't I been in pedals sooner? <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it, it's just. It, it's ridiculous. It really is. I mean, it's 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 a total game changer. I mean, I I just can't believe the way it changes my fishing style. I mean, I can I literally, you know, I was I was actually pedaling against the wind and fishing at the same time. You know, it, you know, it, it's just just crazy. And then I would see a I would see some fish busting some bait or something like that, like about a hundred yards away. And no problem. You know, get going and start pedaling over there and get there and do my thing, you know. And and it's just, it's just, it's, you know, it's one of those things. I, I 
I probably pedaled yesterday, um, I would say somewhere around anywhere between 8 to 10 miles with that wind and everything like that, and like nothing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm in love with the thing, man. It's comfortable. Um, it's really stable. You can stand. It's actually more stable than the Slayer 14.5 and and the Slayer 12. It's it's actually more stable than those two boats. And I think it's it's an inch wider, so that has something to do with it. Um, but as far as uh, as far as all around, you know, all around uh, boat. As far as I can't find any flaws in it right now. I've only taken it out once. Can't find any flaws. The only there was only one little flaw that I found in it, um, and I actually told Woody about it, which he already knows about it. And it's not really even a flaw. It's just one of those design things. They put a rod holder on the right side, flush mount rod holder. They put on the right side of the boat. That flush mount rod holder is wasted space. I think. And I told Woody that. I told him it's wasted space. I go, you have your 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 steering on your left side. You have that rod holder on the right side, but where do you put your paddle? You need to put your paddle on the right side because you don't want it on the left side where your steering is. So when you put it on the right side, on the gear tracks there, it covers the rod holder. So that rod holder is no, you can't use it, you know, if you carry a paddle with you. But that's it. That's the only only thing that I really found about the boat that I really didn't like, you know, was that one rod holder there. Um, it's just weights of space. But other than that, it was great. I mean, it moves quick. really does. I got into about, I, I would say, about 12 to 14 inches of water. Um, and that's about, you know, you can't take it in the shower. It's about 12 inches. 12 inches of water, you're going to have to pull it up. And, and then the other thing, once you do pull it up, it paddles just as good as the Slayer does. It paddles just as good. And as far as weight-wise, people were concerned about the weight about the boat and all kinds of stuff and everything like that. When you pull the drive out of that boat, it's just as light as the Slayers right now, the Slayers that are out there. It's just as light as those boats. It's not heavy at all. It's not that heavy. It's probably about 70 pounds, something right around there, without the drive in it. The drive is heavy. The drive is probably, I don't know, the drive is probably 20-something pounds alone. But... But um, but that's it, man. That's that's that. You know, I loved it, man. And I got to slime it, man. I got I caught trout. I caught reds. Um, caught a really nice red yesterday. You know, about almost 33 inch red. That um, the 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 fight that this red gave me, this 33 inch red gave me yesterday was a hundred times better fight than any 40 inch red or bigger that I have ever caught. I mean, this fish pulled, I mean, this fish was taking drag on me like you wouldn't imagine. Made like about three or four runs on me. And, I, I mean, the 40-inch reds, I've caught 40-inch reds that not even come close to what this fish was doing. <laughs> but, yeah. But I, mean, but, I mean, I had a great day, man. I, I, I really did. I enjoyed the boat, and I'm looking forward to getting out, getting out in the water some more and I had people already at the ramp I was there launching and there are people there launching asking me already looking at the boat going holy cow what is that you know people freaking out <laughs> but but I had a great day you know and I can't can't you know 
I, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm really in, in love with that boat. I really am. I really am. I'm looking forward to fishing with that boat. I'm looking forward to fishing some tournaments with that boat. Looking forward to the Adventure World Champion, Fishing World Championship with that boat. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of that, um, our buddy there in the chat room, Spazzy. Spazzy goes to me on Facebook, goes, hey, by the way, I may be in a Hobie soon. I said, sweet. Ah. And he's like, yep, Adventure Fishing World Championship. So I'm like, yep, sounds like a plan. <clears throat> telling you, man, I told, I told you when I, when I first got into the Hobie and, and the first time I went out and I, and, I, uh, and I pedaled it around, I was like, this is ridiculous. I mean, it just, it just makes sense. You know, hands-free, you don't have to worry about putting your paddle, picking your paddle up, putting your paddle down, picking your paddle up, putting your paddle down, you know, comfortable, yep. ease, ease of use. The wind doesn't make a difference. You're just like, take that wind. And then, uh, yep. you know, just the ability to be able to cover a lot more water and, and, and stretch out your, uh, your day's trip a little bit further than where you would typically go. Cause you know, it's that much easier to get home. So, yeah, man. Exactly. The other thing, the other thing I did forget. How can I forget this? The most important thing that I like about this, I could be pedaling and smoking my cigar <laughs> while not having to paddle, man. I just sit there and smoke my cigar while I'm pedaling, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a that's a huge plus. Um, yeah, that, that's a that's, that's a good reason to buy it for sure. Yeah, so you don't have to ever stop smoking your cigar. You can just you know keep it in your mouth and just you know puff away as you should so wish. I guess that's right. That's talent right there, boy. I can pedal my kayak around, <laughs> smoke my cigar, and catch a fish at the same time. <laughs> and post on Facebook. Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> So uh, that's awesome, man. Um, I'm glad you were able to get out. Glad you were able to find some fish. I know you're looking forward to that tournament coming up. So uh, you know, hopefully you uh, do what you do and represent us very well. Um, on a on the flip note, let's see. I had I didn't get a chance to do any fishing this past weekend, unfortunately. Um, had some family stuff to do and uh, got an opportunity to go up to New Smyrna Beach to the uh, the art festival up there, which by the way, Mike's there in the chat room. Uh, appreciate Mike helping me out. He uh, came through, picked up some artwork for me. That's going to be hung up in the shop. Um, the artist was not in her booth. She shall remain nameless. <laughs> but uh, definitely appreciate the uh, the um, hookup on the artwork to put up inside the store. Man, it's going to dress the store up nice. And then. Uh, also to my good buddy um Del uh who does uh uh fish carvings. He uh he hooked it up. So good stuff there, man. Good stuff. However, I do plan on trying to get out and destroy some fish's faces over the next couple of evenings, hopefully at least one night over the next couple of evenings, sneak out and do a little night trip after the wife and the kids go to bed. Um, Captain Alex and I have been talking about hitting the port and, you know, doing some recon, making sure we can find out whether or not the, uh, 
the mangrove snappers are still wanting to play in the snook and everything else. We were out there not too long ago with, uh, with Alan and there was a bunch of fish hanging around during the daytime. So I imagine at night we can go there and just slaughter some mangroves uh, and they were all good sized fish. The ones we saw, they, there's no measure in these things. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. That's, that's, that's awesome. kind of my game plan. Yeah. It's kind of my game plan. Yeah, my thing well, is, uh, I don't know how that weather's going to turn or when it's turning. I know it's supposed to turn for Wednesday, but I was even debating maybe tomorrow night how I was going to hit a certain area that I need to hit in order to catch me a 42-inch redfish, like I said. So, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, hey, it, it, it's probably getting to be that time, I would imagine. You know, one, I'll tell you what, you know, I saw the comment in Space Coast Kayak Anglers um, on the Facebook page today. Uh, I think, in fact, I think um, Justin said it. He said that uh, it's getting to be that time of year we can start throwing shrimp and crab patterns and that kind of thing. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely, the transition is coming. I don't think it's happened yet. There's still a lot of bait out there, a lot of mullet and things like that out there. So um, lots of glass minnows and whatnot they're still feeding on, but it's coming. And once those shrimp start really moving around, which should be in another, you know, another couple cold fronts, um, I'll tell you where I'm going to go at night. I'm going to go straight to that railroad bridge. You guys can have jacks. I go straight to that railroad bridge and just destroy some giants because uh, <clears throat> those guys that are out there on that bridge at night, none of them are fishing. Maybe one or two boats out of this dozen boats that will be out there will be fishing. The rest of them are all out there shrimping. And I've shrimped out there on that bridge before. Um, out of a boat, and I've watched just monster redfish and black drums come up and slurp shrimp off the surface like they're snicker bars. So, um, yeah, that would be a lot of fun. I talked to Mike Canine. Yes, was it yesterday or Saturday we were talking about that? We were talking about doing stuff like that. He goes, goes, man, he goes, next time I go out there, he says, I'm going to do some fishing, but at the same time I'm going to have a five-gallon bucket with me and I'm going to have a net. <laughs> That's yeah. Yeah. Dude, I'll never pass up on some uh, on some tasty morsels to, to put in the boat. I got a uh, caller sitting here. You're live on Kayak Fisher Radio 772 area code. They're not talking. Hey, who's there? Hey. Hey. 742. Oh, well. So, uh, what was I going to say? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be that time of year, man. Those evening fishing trips are going to be great. I'll tell you what else is going to be really hot soon, um, and, and you guys are going to want to tune in to, to hear what I would call some deadly techniques for giant trout this time of year is the evening trout bite. From now until, I would say, probably mid-January, early February, the uh, the big trout, man, they just they get goofy. And they love to hit that topwater bait. And uh, I've got some areas and some spots that uh, I love to go and hit, man. And, and you don't even catch – there's no such thing as catching a, a fish under 20 inches. I mean, at least in the areas I've been hitting the last couple of years. And it's always been consistent. Every single year I go, the same spots. And it's the same – it's just excellent, you know. Some of the biggest trout I catch all year round, I catch towards the end of the year, like right now. Um in fact, uh, last year, New Year's Day, I told my wife, I said, I want to go start the New Year's off right. And I went down to the river. Uh, I waded this one little section of the river. 
and my first cast with a, with a um, Spook Junior in trout color uh, netted me a 27-inch trout. First cast. <laughs> I was like, that's a good Dang. way to start off the year. I'll take it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, love, love catching big trout, man, especially on topwater plugs. But uh, when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, some some big trout tactics. We'll talk about trying to catch some. We're trying to find some redfish or get redfish to eat when they're in uh, shallow water feeding on glass minnows, because I think we're going to see quite a bit of that until we get a real good cool down. So. Uh, Again, you're joining us here on Kayak Fishing Radio. I'm Redfish Chuck, Kathy, my co-host, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. Call in if you want. If you have anything to say, 714-816-4727. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Looking for a group of kayak anglers to share your kayak fishing adventures with? Check out yachtangler.com, your ultimate fishing resource. There you go. There you go. So, Orca Coolers, yachtangler.com. You heard the uh, Bonefish Tarpon Trust soundbite earlier. Um, all great companies are great causes. We like to try and support them. Um, appreciate it if you guys would do the same. Don't mind running over onto their Facebook pages and just give them a shout and say, hey, I heard about you on Kite Fishing Radio. We definitely would appreciate it. Um, so this week, man, we're, you know, talking about the trout, talking about the reds and all that stuff. But this week, I'm kind of excited. I almost forgot to talk about it. Um, Tuesday, tomorrow, is the official opening of KBB Outfitters. So we did a little soft opening last week, you know, had the little, unfortunately had a little family emergency we had to deal with. And then uh, we're going to jump right back into it and do it again. So uh, what's that? That's awesome, man. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Finally, man, it's, I'm, I'm excited. And I want to thank everybody who's come out and hung out and, Spend some time with us there at the shop, whatever. It, we're going to grow it. It's going to be awesome. Thanks, Randy English, for all your help. You are the man. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got uh, – I don't know if you guys saw, but on Facebook I posted up that I'm excited, man. My buddy, uh, Derwood, who is, I, I would say, a, a master rodsmith, has uh, – he owns advent, the Adventurous – or, sorry, Adventurous Custom Rods. Um, he'll be putting his rods in the shop, man. So I'm very, very excited about that. Anyhow, what else? Oh, trout. Yeah, there we go. So trout, big trout. This stretch of, of shoreline I like to fish. Uh, Peppy, I think you'd like it, man. It's interesting. It's it's different. I haven't taken any of you guys here, um, probably for a number of reasons, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's a 
it's it's the picture perfect giant trout mecca. All right. So I say that, and you think to yourself, well, what exactly would that would what would make that like come to fruition? What would make an area be a trout mecca? Well, to me, there has to be access to shallow water and deep water. So you need that good transition spot where the fish can get up in the shallows when they need to, jump off the shallows um, when they need to. Uh, you need bait, obviously, lots of it to flow through and uh, give these things something to eat. You know, an eight-pound trout's not going to uh, not going to survive very long eating nothing but little tiny glass minnows. He's going to need something a little more substantial than that. Uh, needs some shelter, some cover from pre- other predators like ospreys and eagles and stuff. So this place has got that. It's got docks. It's got um, mangrove shoreline. It's big potholes for ambush points. Um, it's crazy. And I stumbled upon this golden land, as I like to call it, by pure accident. I uh, I was woke up one morning. I went to go fishing. Went to hit my one of my other favorite spots, and the wind was blowing straight down the river. And I was like, man, this this is not good. Blew out the flat. I wanted to go fish. Well, then the wind kind of changed direction a little bit and pushed the water and was blowing kind of. I guess it, it would have been uh, north. It would have been out of the northwest. So I run over and I find this spot. I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, this doesn't look too bad. Pretty well protected, whatever. Let's launch here. See what happens. So I put the kayak in, push off, throw a top water, third or fourth, ha- uh, th- third or fourth uh, cast, boom, trout. Like, wow, that was cool. That was quick. 22, 23 inch fish, whatever. And then boom, another one, boom, another one. It was like within 30 minutes, I caught six on top water and they were all over 20 inches. And I hadn't gone, I don't know, a few hundred yards from where I put in. And it only got better the further away from where I put in that I went. So I found that in the morning, these fish would get right up on the, uh, right up in the sandy areas in between the docks, not necessarily underneath the docks, but right up near the docks, in between the docks, and uh, along the long stretches of sand. You know, and which I thought was kind of odd when I first saw it, and uh, you know, it, uh, it works, man. I, mean, that, that, I guess that works real well as an ambush point. But so I, I got to a, a, an area of this stretch of shoreline where I ended up uh, stakeout pulling the boat, jumped out, and started walking. And I was sight fishing these things with topwater plugs. It was the coolest thing ever. And then uh, switched over as the day as the morning progressed. I switched over to a jig. And was just wailing on them, watching them eat it. It was, it was awesome. I mean, you just look across the sand, you see a dark spot and uh, cast to it. And, I mean, it was like fishing in an aquarium. It was like fishing in uh, Spazzy's little tank that he works on over there at the hotel. But, uh, so, you know, that was that – was, uh, that was kind of like my, my deal for a while. You know, I kind of left the redfish alone, and I was like, man, I'm going to go mess with these trout. It was just nonstop. You know, I, I don't know. Do you have a spot that you like to go to when you want to go target big trout, Pep, or do you just kind of like go wherever? Uh, I sort of go wherever. I know, I know a few places that I know the trout will be there, and I know, mm-hmm. I know for a fact they're there, you know, but um, – I'm a little different. I don't know. I don't target. I I, I fish, tr- you know, I catch trout and everything like that, but 
Um, I don't really target them all that much. Um, usually, I you know I like to fish for reds, man. I catch reds. I like catching redfish and trout. I catch them if they're there and everything like that, but I really, really don't target them so much. I know where they're at, and if I want to go catch a big one, I usually could catch a big one in the in the wintertime. Um, there's a place down down south towards Sebastian that I know. I know for a fact. It's like you said. It has there's cover. Um, there's deep water. There's shallow water. It's like has a little bit of running water. All that kind of stuff it has all the elements, and you go there in the wintertime, and the big ones are there. I mean, I'm talking 27 inches, 28 inches. You know, they're, they're, they are big ones. You've seen that plug of mine that I throw, that big oh, yeah. Billy Brew, that's what I use there. I throw that big plug because those big trout hammer that thing. <laughs> yeah. But, I just get a little, you know, I'm a little weary with trout. You know, I, I catch them every day. I'm just a little weary with them because I don't like killing fish, man. And, and for whatever reason, man, trout, man, they just don't hold up, man. I get I get so freaky with those things, man. I don't even like to have them out of the water for a long time. Like the ones I caught yesterday, I caught yeah. some that were 24, 25 inches. And let me tell you, man, I didn't even take pictures of them. I got them off the hook and let them, and they released them right away. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is uh, you say that, again, we've got the uh, trout slayer himself in the chat room, Spazzy there, who likes to kill giant pregnant trout. Um, (laughs) Damn, he beat me to it. Um, Whenever I'm trout fishing, dude, I'll tell you what I do. I mean, quite honestly, I'll jump out of the kayak and I'll land them in the water. Like, I don't. I don't bring them into the boat. I don't let them beat themselves up on the pedals or on the, you know, on the foot rests or whatever you you got inside your kayak. I jump out of the kayak. I, I'll, you know, tuck my hand up underneath its belly, kind of support its belly just enough to cradle it. And if you, uh, if you put your hand in the, in the midsection of the fish and kind of just barely lift it to where it's kind of laying over your hand, they tend not to flop around a whole lot. So you don't have to really grab them and you can pop the hook out and send them on their way. Um, I'm for, I mean, fortunately enough for me last year, I'll, I'll be honest and I'll tell you, I, I didn't see a single, I never let, hold on, let me try that again. I never released a trout last year that I didn't feel 100% was all right. You know, and by jumping out of the kayak and, and I think, it, you know, ha- handling the fish in the water definitely gives them a better chance of, of taking it, you know, taking off and, and surviving. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you know, the, the, here's the thing for me. It's top water bite, right? Like the top water thing to me is what sets it off. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I love. I top water. Yeah, I love watching fish blow up on a top water plug. To me, there's nothing better. And uh, or or a fly. I love watching fish eat a fly. But um, yeah, those big trout though, man. When it gets cold like that, it's just it's so easy. And you do get a bycatch of redfish when you're fishing in this particular location. Um, for these big fish, it just it just happens that way. Um, in fact, a lot of times you'll, as you're standing up looking around, or as you're you know wading and you're looking around, you you see what you think is a big trout laying up on the sand. It turns out to be uh, to just be another redfish, you know. And hey, it's awesome. It's a, it's a I don't know, but you know, I can go in the winter time and and definitely target the reds, and, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. But you know how to do that. But, you know, when, when you can get on a solid trout bite, for anybody who hasn't had an opportunity to, uh, to catch trout over 20 inches on topwater plugs, 
now's the time to do it. I mean, now is without a doubt the time to do it. Uh, it's it's not going to get any better than what what it will be now through again through the later part of January early February. So, you know, it's a lot of fun. And here's here's a little disclaimer um, that I think everybody should know. And I'm I'm pretty sure most of the guys listen to the show know because I've I've beaten this dead horse a million times. If you're going to use a lipper tool, please please make sure that you support the fish's belly especially when you're picking him up out of the water and setting it back in the water as best you can. Um, you know, I hate to see people hanging fish up by their jaws and just taking pictures like whatever. That's not a big deal. You know, it, you do do damage to those fish and just be careful with them, whatever, or just get yourself a good landing net, like in, like an ego net that, uh, with the rubberized mesh, you know, those don't beat the fish up too bad. So, but with that being said, um, yeah, let's uh, let's let's hit one more little quick commercial break, and when we get back, Peppy, we'll talk about redfish and and how we need to go about targeting these things in the next couple of uh, of weeks. What do you think? Great. Sounds, Sounds good. good. I'm just trying to find another. Yeah. There it is. All right, cool. You're listening to Kai Fisher Radio here on the Monday Night Show. Looking for a new cooler with a lifetime warranty and made 100% in the United States? Look no further than Orca Coolers. These roto-molded, rugged coolers feature premium quality, seamless construction, meaning they're built to take whatever you and Mother Nature throws at them. Orca Coolers allow ice to keep for days, and they have non-slip feet so your cooler stays where you want it. With secure external latch system, the lid always stays closed. Orca Coolers, made 100% in the USA, always has been, always will be. Check them out at orcacoolers.com. Give me the flaccid dawn with plenty of tailing fish. And the perfect fly rod. Yeah. And get ready for some magic. Oh, that's awesome piece. I got one. Oh, damn, I got him. You got it. I got him. Join Bonefish and Tarpon Trust. Nice fish. And help make sure that the magic never ends. Visit tarbone.org to find out how you can help. There you go, tar, tarbone.org, Bonefish Tarpon Trust. Um, awesome organization. I'd like to thank them for everything that they do to try and help support uh, our fisheries, try and protect our fisheries. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Peppy, well, so this time of year, man, as it's getting cooler, uh, water temperatures starting to come down just a little bit. Uh, what's your what's your uh, plan of attack whenever you launch in the morning? Do you wait a little bit later in the morning to go? Do you go super early still? And are you throwing the same things you throw most of the other times of the year? Are you fishing them different? What are you doing? I'm 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 a little bit uh I like to get out early no matter what. And usually the bite in the wintertime, bite is slow in the morning usually. Um, everything is pretty much shut down early in the morning when it's that cold. Then when the sun starts popping out, um, that's when things start heating up. You start seeing the bait moving around, all that kind of stuff, and that's when it gets good. But I still do it early. But of course, uh, winter time is you got to change your tactics a little bit. Um, a lot, you know, it, it all fish are slower, fish are cold, um, slower retrieves with everything. I mean, you got to really work your baits a lot slower in the winter time. And I noticed myself changing also. I still use the same stuff in the summertime sometimes, but 
in the wintertime, I start changing up the lighter colors. The, those, uh, those, those pearl colors, white colors, things with a little bit, a little bit lighter work better in the, in the wintertime. Um, and like you said, shrimp patterns, stuff like that work, um, work in the wintertime. Also, um, sometimes you're out there in the wintertime with war fishing. Sometimes a black drum show up. When the black drum are there, you know they're like shrimp. So you've got to throw something that's like shrimp, you know, some type of shrimp pattern at them uh, if you don't have any live bait because you know how the black drums are. They don't, they don't want to go after much plastic at all. You know, they, they're kind of picky. So, um, But that's what I do mainly, slow down the retrieve um, and change my colors up a little bit brighter colors in the wintertime. That's my main thing. That's, that's pretty much what I do in the wintertime. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not much different than what goes on during the summer or during the spring. Um, you know, I tend to like to scale down the size of my baits um, in the winter, personally. I mean, if I'm looking for slot fish and looking for, uh, you know, flounders or whatever else, you know, I use kind of smaller baits, four-inch baits, three-inch baits, something like that. Um, not to say they won't eat a five-inch jerk shed, because we all know that they will. But to me, it's more of like a match-the-hatch kind of thing, you know. The bait fish, if there's any around, tend to be smaller in the winter. Um, most of what they're munching on is crustaceans and that kind of thing, snails and all kinds of fun little critters across the bottom. But talking about a small little bait that I think is going to be deadly on winter tailing fish that are really spooky, which you know we're going to find them, Peppy, as the winter progresses is going to be the uh and spazzy just told me to talk about it the savage gear shrimp in the little two inch model that thing looks nasty <laughs> if you can throw it yeah the only god yep no no go ahead i was gonna say i experienced it yesterday i actually caught trout on it yesterday so <laughs> cool very cool yeah you know uh, if you can throw that little two-incher any distance, or if you even need to, you can sneak up on tail and fish. Um, you drag a little small two-inch shrimp in front of a redfish who's tailing his butt off trying to dig a crab out of the dirt or whatever and drop it on his face, uh, pretty much would guarantee that would probably end in your favor at least a time or two throughout the day. Um, I was super excited. I got a couple of uh, freebie goodies to... Uh, to give away for KBB Outfitters and uh, my good buddy Ray, who was on the show, who's the Akuma slash Mustad slash Savage Gear rep and does uh, Igloo Coolers as well. Um, he sent me a box full of some, some fun little treats to hang out. And, uh, you know, in that box was a couple of these little two-inch shrimp. Well, I will be ordering said two-inch shrimp and having them in the shop for sure because, like I said, the four-inch, I mean, the bigger ones, the four-inch shrimp, three-inch shrimp, they all look really, really good. I mean, they're great-looking baits. Man, there's something about that little small two-inch. In fact, I'm probably going to throw one tomorrow night if I go for the mangrove snappers and see if they don't clobber it because uh, it's got incredible lifelike movement. Um, I'm sure you experienced that to the, uh, the other day, Pep. Yeah, that thing that thing was great. I, one thing I'll tell you about the shrimp, though, I'll tell you that I threw the three-inch one yesterday, and yeah. one thing I'll tell you for sure, 
it is not a windy day uh, lure. Definitely yeah. not a windy day. I mean, I threw it into the wind, and that thing landed 10 yards in front of my boat. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you cannot throw it in the wind. I don't care who you are. I don't care what rod you have. You cannot throw that thing into the wind. So, I mean, you can't. I mean, that's the one down thing about it that, uh, that you can't toss. I noticed that. But other than that, it is deadly, that thing, man. The way that thing swims, it's, it's sick. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, and that goes true with almost any bait that's not a slim design or something on a jig head. I mean, you can throw a shad tail a mile in, in any direction when the wind's blowing because you got a, a jig head under. Uh, the like an SSB, you can you can hurl that thing through the air pretty well because it just seems to cut through the wind. So it works nice. But like crab patterns, especially those are notorious for being kites when you. Uh, hmm gas them in the wind, you know, they just kind of sail off in any direction they feel like. So, uh, yeah, but you know, it will be interesting to see how that, how that bait will work, um, this winter. It's brand new for the, uh, for this year. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. But you know, for me, um, I get up early, I get out early. I could stay out a little bit later on the water when the water's cool, which is always nice because there's folks that still get up early and still get off the water early in the wintertime. And sometimes I found that the best bite is, doesn't even happen until noon or one, you know. That's right. Those fish have an opportunity to really get up and really start moving around and warm up and digest whatever it was they ate the day before or the night before. And, you know, I've, it, you do tend to find less schools of fish in the wintertime. It seems to be a lot more singles or a lot more small packs. Um, yeah, I wouldn't consider four, three or four redfish hanging out together at school. I would call it just a little pack of, you know, but, uh, you know, there's other things to look out for too. Um, something that we didn't, we never talk about on the show really. And, uh, Alex, Captain Alex of local lines charters, uh, showed us exactly why we should be looking out for them. Uh, triple tail, you know, I mean, how many times have you been out in the water and, and paddling around and you see crab buoys, you see channel markers and all this stuff, and when's the last time that, that any of us have really ever gone and explored them and checked them out and see if there's anything on them? We don't think about it because we don't, we don't have an open inlet system here. But at the same time, um, I'm in and around Port Canaveral, you'll know that there's tons of little tiny sheephead, I mean uh, little tiny triple tail that come in and out of the uh, river. Um, come in off the beach and come into the port. And I'm talking little, they're the size of like a leaf just floating on the surface. And you turn something like that loose, that's got an appetite like that loose in the motor zone or in the banana river or the Indian river with all that forage and they're going to grow, they grow fast. So uh, he found his in the motor zone, two of them missed the first one. I guess he hooked it and lost it and then uh, caught the second one. The first one he said was bigger than the one that he caught. But, you know, just goes to show you never know, you know, and obviously we've been seeing a lot of pictures being put up on the various forums and things like that. A guy's catching flounder, getting in flounder. That's coming too. you know, it's exciting. A bunch of different ways to target them. To me, if I'm going for a big, like if if I'm really trying to target a big doormat, there's nothing better than a mullet, Um, you know, mullet on a fish finder rig or mullet on a jig head uh, works real well. Um, in various different areas. We've caught tons of flounder in the Mosquito Lagoon as bycatch when we're red fishing and trout fishing because they hang out in the same spots. 
transitional areas where the grass goes to sand or sand goes to grass or, you know, potholes and edges and drop-offs and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, to me, if I had to pick, if I had to pick one bait to throw in the wintertime, one lure to throw for everything, it would, it would without a doubt be a, uh, a Slayer SST in molting. And I probably would run that on a jig head on a 16th ounce jig head because regardless of the grass, I'm just still, I'm not a hundred percent sold on weedless hooks. I just have missed too many fish on weedless hooks. And um, <laughs> that, that jig head, man, you can part their eyeballs with it. And once you do, you know, they're on there. Um, I've rarely ever had them spit the jig. So, but you know, that, that bait's real versatile. You can fish it fast. You can fish it slow. You can drop it on their head. You can drop it in the grass. You know, you can fish deep water with it. So, you know, it, that would be a definitely one to, to look at. I mean, we all know that we praise what Chris Sensi has developed as far as the Slayer Inc. lures are concerned. But if you follow Facebook and you watch the posts that people put up of fish that they've caught that have tried the Slayer baits, they pretty much speak for themselves. So, And that's why I picked that one. There's a lot of great baits out there. I mean, the Z-Man baits are great baits. The DOAs are great baits. The, the bass assassins are great baits. Um, you know, they've, they've all been proven fish catching lures, you know, it's just a matter of what do I have the most confidence in? And to me, the most confident, the, the, the bait I have the most confidence in is the SST for whatever reason. It, it probably comes with tail. It's so big, but, uh, yeah, good stuff. That's right. My go-to bait, if I had one bait, one bait that I had to use, and it's a, it's an SST, same as you, SST, but mine is chicken off the chain. Mm-hmm. Well, that was my close <laughs> second. That's my close <laughs> second. That, that bait, the best thing about a uh, chicken off the chain is if you come into water where the black drum have been there and they've muddied the place up like no one's business, you can still throw that chicken off the chain and they'll be able to find it. They'll be able to see it, that tail fluttering in that muddy water. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've hands down, I've caught more fish on molting than anything else. And, you know, I remember, in fact, I remember when Chris first started, when Chris first talked about making molting, I was so pumped because I, it's the color that I used to throw from Bass Assassin. When, when, uh, Robin who owns Bass Assassin did the, uh, the, the, the blurps or the slurps, they were slurps at first and then they were blurps, but whatever. Um, that molting color, man. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it. And when I show it to people at the shop, they look at me cross-eyed like, hmm, you know, you'd like that over root beer or over this or, yeah, I don't know why, man. They just, they love it. It's like a little mud minnow slash like a, like a crab getting ready to molt or a, a shrimp getting ready to molt, hence molting. So I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, so, all right. Let's address this too. So this morning I put up a picture of me boat up on a big fish on my buddy's uh, yellowfin. And you can see part of Chris Flores's arm and a camera pointed at me while we were doing this. And I got a lot of messages from people saying, Hey, what's going on? I want to be a part of it. What are you doing? What's this crazy plan? Blah, 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 blah. And I feel bad because our good friend, Tammy, uh, she, uh, she's like, I'm always the last one to know anything. I can't believe I didn't tell her anything, but tell her any of this, but, uh, so 
some of you guys know for over two years now, Chris and I have been trying to work on a, a TV show and we've done a couple, we filmed at a couple different locations, filmed up in Charleston with my good friends, um, the Jones family. And, uh, we were going to run a show with them and, you know, we pitched it. It didn't get picked up, you know, for whatever reason. And then, uh, we kind of went back to the drawing board and kind of scratched our heads and said, all right, you know, what's it going to take? And then one day we're sitting there and it, everything kind of just came to a head. It was like, ah, oh, yeah, why not just make it simple? Why not just do it the way, why don't we just film a show the way that we would film a show if we, you know, if we had a budget to go film a show, you know, who would, who would I want to fish with? A, well, obviously my buddies, um, you know, what we would want to fish for pretty much anything out of a kayak and, uh, you know, where would we want to go? Wherever we could go, you know? And then uh, got talking to Peppy a little bit. Come to find out that Peppy's got uh, residences that we can possibly use in, in a few different locations. He's got some, uh, some uh, time spent down in Miami. So if we wanted to go looking for some exotics like peacock bass or whatever, he could probably put it, point us in that direction. Yep. So then we were like, all right, cool. Well, who else would make up a good, you know, cast of characters for this thing? You know, if we needed a, a full-on, we're going to Cuba, Randy says. <laughs> <laughs> um, so who else would make up for a good cast of characters for this thing? Well, obviously, for another name popped in my head was Alan, Randy English, Wade, you know, our, our, our normal little crew. And so uh, that's what we're going to do. We're going to try – a different approach. This is going to have more of a, I don't, I don't really want to call it reality, but it's going to have more of a natural feel to it than a forced feel to it. I think as most other shows seem to be, <laughs> excuse me. And Chris Flores is supposed to be coming back. Um, what? Two weeks. Yeah. Like two weeks. And he told me as soon as we get back, we're filming. So we're going to start working on it, see what happens. That's all we can do. There you go. Now stop messaging me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to it. Um, a couple things real quick I need to get to because I almost forgot. And Tammy messaged me prior to. She's like the unofficial um, producer of the show here of the Redfish Chuck show. She's, she's always got our back and keeps me in line whenever I need it. Um, and once my computer stops being weird, then I'll be able to go over it. Well, we know we got the Gumball Palooza coming up. Uh, Steve Chapman, Mike Hortigo, Boudreaux from Fishing Florida Radio. Those guys uh, put on a great event every year. And, uh, you know, looking forward to whatever it is they've got going on for this one. It's, it's, it's looking pretty big. Uh, I think they've got, well, how many, how many people do they have? Any different chili teams do they have or gumbo teams do they have? have, have I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I know they got a whole bunch. I'm not really sure how many, but I'm like sort of bummed about the whole thing. You know, yeah, everything's going to happen and I'm not going to be there for that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to make it probably because of, uh, I got that, that Tropic Bay Championship Tournament. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, all right. I was so there here, last here year. Last year, last year was awesome, man. Last year I was there for the last last year's last year's uh, Gumbo Palooza, and it was it was awesome. And this year's going to be even bigger because last year they had it uh, at a uh, um, what's this place called? Uh, Fish on Fish on Fire, right? Yep. Um, they had it there last year, and this year's at Universal Studios, so it's going to be even bigger this year. Yeah, pretty crazy. Um, so Gumbo Palooza. Uh, November 16th from 2 to 6. Um, let's see. I just lost it. And here it comes back. Uh, then there's the Hook, Kid, the Hook Kids on Fishing program, which Tammy's running uh, that morning from 9 to 11. Uh, so definitely try and check that out. If you want to volunteer some time, I bet you Tammy could definitely use some extra helpers with that. And then uh, we've decided to put together a little challenge the men versus the ladies of space coast kayak anglers so it's called we've dubbed it actually tammy dubbed it the estrogen versus testosterone tournament (laughs) december the 15th so uh get your wives your girlfriends significant others out there to uh to sign up that would be cool um we've got a little bit a few more men than we do women who have signed up so far but it's all for bragging rights. Don't don't come expecting to win cash prizes and crap like that. Just for fun. Um, hopefully we sh- we we show the girls what's up. Otherwise, we'll never hear the end of it because they're girls and they talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, we can't forget that. Uh, what what day is it on Wednesday? Everybody, say it with me. Hump day. It doesn't matter what day it is Wednesday. The only thing that matters about Wednesday is it's Tammy's birthday. She wanted me to let everybody. She wanted me to let everybody know the gifts are are being accepted. You you may donate gifts for her birthday and uh, preferably pink. Pink gifts. There you go. No. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. I don't know what else you got, Pat. Um, you got something else happening uh, this coming. I think it's in December, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not. I'm not up on it, but I was at Harry Goods on Saturday, and and Rich was selling tickets to some fly fishing uh, seminar. Or some something yeah, going on in Titusville. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be over at the um, Renzetti factory. The uh, Renzetti's. The fo- if, you, if you're if you fly fish or you claim to fly fish and you don't know the name Renzetti, then you don't really fly fish. <laughs> like you're not a fly fisherman. The Renzetti's have been around for a long time. They make the absolute finest fly tying vices on the planet. Um, they also make rod building lathes. So if you wanted to buy a power wrapper to make up some custom rods or whatever, they sell those as well. Um, the Renzetti family are a great group of people. Um, as Pepe said, they're based in Titusville. Their factories in Titusville. Um, <laughs> Tammy says she uses a regal, but she knows the name. Yeah. Um, they are huge in the world of fishing charities, doing charitable type events for fishing causes and also for cancer, especially breast cancer awareness. Casting for a Cure, 
uh, is one that they're they're really involved in. So um, they're bringing in some of the biggest names in fly fishing to come in and do a number of seminars. I believe tickets are fifteen dollars in advance, twenty dollars day of show, something like that. Um, Renzetti Factory is pretty easy to find. It's right on Grissom. If you're familiar with Titusville at all, you are to go 40. What's that? 406. Is that the the NASA Causeway? Mm, yes. yes. Right. 406. So 406. Yeah. Take 406 to Grissom. Grissom. You'd hang a right if you're coming off a of 95. If you're coming off of one, you're going to make a left on the Grissom, and uh, it's just right on down the road past the Titusville Police Department, and there's another street, and then it's on your right. But you won't be able to miss it. It's uh, It'll be packed. Um, great folks there. Uh, I guess TFO is supposed to have a presence there of some kind, which is good for those who sell TFO. <laughs> yeah. Whole other conversation <laughs> for a whole other time. But, uh, yeah, so check it out, man. Go see the Renzetti folks. I'll be there at some point. Um, see if I can't get some stuff in and, uh, from the Renzetti's in at the shop. That'd be awesome. But, uh, even just to pick up some tips and some pointers from some of the legends. So some folks I look up to and, uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So no, I appreciate you reminding me of that. And then also too, in two, well, not this weekend, but the following weekend, I believe is the makeup date for Alan's tournament, um, that he's putting on over at cars, correct? Yes. It's, uh, November 16th, is it? Or, oh, no. Yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't even know now. 23rd. I don't even know what date. What is 23rd. It? We had 23rd. 23rd. We had yeah. So there you 23rd, go. So, yeah, so if you've missed out on, uh, or if you thought you were going to miss out on Fishing It Before, feel free to uh, contact the fine folks over there at Cars Park and try and make arrangements to be with us. Uh, for that tournament should be awesome should be awesome and yes i am happy to announce that my tournament socks and shoes are here for the tournament says tammy well we're glad because you always come very fashionably dressed it's it's incredible (laughs) and wade says it's a 30 second for those of you who have dyslexia so that's good um wow we're hitting an all-time low here on the uh, Redfish Chuck Show tonight. Um, fashionably, I don't know. That's the best word I can come up with, Wade, whatever. Um, Peppy, fishing yeah. plans. What you going to do this week, next week, or this, this oh, week? Oh, man. Is- fishing plans for me is, like I said, maybe tomorrow night. I don't know. I might. I might do something tomorrow night. If I don't do anything tomorrow night, um, pretty much the rest of the week is shot with that cold front coming in. Um, it's supposed to be really windy on Wednesday. Yeah, I saw um, that. Yeah, really windy. I mean, and then and then after that, Friday, um, I will be pre-fishing somewhere for that Saturday tournament that I got. Um, you know, um, I'll be fishing on Saturday for sure for that tournament. I know where you. I know exactly where you're going to be. <laughs> and if anybody's fishing yep. a tournament against Peppy, I can tell you that if you message me on Facebook and bribe me with <laughs> something like maybe a golf cart, 
Yeah, yeah right. No, I'll give it up. <laughs> no, I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, right. So, um, yeah, but Friday, you know, Friday, I already checked out an area this past weekend. I'm going to check out a different area probably on Friday and see what happens. Right. That's one good thing about the Propel, too, Chuck, that I love. That's it right there, you know. That Propel, I could cover so much ground, like you're saying. Yeah. You know, and, I mean, it, it does. I just cover so much more ground with that thing. I could really put some time in into scouting, you know, for for Saturday. Even if I find fish somewhere, whatever, I'm, uh, if I find them the day before, stuff, I'm not going to hammer them. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to find them, and yeah, I say, okay, I'm getting the heck out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, I mean, you know? it, it it's good. It's a good testament to what anything with pedals can do when you go to cars and when we were all paddling for a living <laughs> and we had to paddle all the way up to Buck Creek and then you jump in something with pedals and you're like, Buck, forget Buck Creek, I'm going to the bridge, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you don't even <laughs> think about it. It's not even like, a, oh man, I don't know if I should, the wind's looking, no, it doesn't make a difference, just go. But anyhow, so what else are you doing? I'm sorry. That's right. I get all excited when I start so, talking about pedals, so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Oh, and so and people don't know, people, uh, people don't know this is off the, off, off the subject completely here, Chuck, but I spoke to Woody earlier today, and it seems like the next Adventure Fishing World Championship We'll be in Louisiana. It's looking that way. I mean, he says nice. He says the fishing is just disgusting over there. <laughs> so awesome. So yeah, he he. They had a great time over there. They had a really good scouting. You know, they checked out the place and and supposedly he says the fishing is just ridiculous over there. So just so that people know, plan on it for next year, Louisiana. Heck yeah, no, dude. Trust me, I will. Yeah. I will do everything within my power to try and make it to that event. Oh yeah, I already told Diane about it. <laughs> so <laughs> way way ahead of time, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's like me with the uh, battle in the Bahamas. I'm really, I'm still really hoping to be able to fish that. Uh, for those of you that don't know, um, we had Joe. I can't, I'm sorry, Joe. I'll never, I can never remember his last name. We had Joe from the extreme fishing, uh, extreme kayak fishing, uh, uh, website on the show. When a couple, about a month, no, about two, three months ago. Um, in his website, pardon me, is extreme kayak fishing tournaments.org. So Joe's put together an extreme tournament over in the Bahamas called the battle in the Bahamas. I'm just going to read to you right off the website what it says here. Get ready for an experience of a lifetime. Extreme kayak fishing battle uh, uh, in the Bahamas will be a two-day tournament in one of the most beautiful places in the world. Anglers will take their own gear and kayaks on the Bahamas Express boat for the trek across the ocean to Freeport, Lakaya. The trip will be about three hours. Marlin, uh, Blue marlin, wahoo, tuna, and dolphin are the prime fish in the Bahamas. Um, some of the best offshore big game sport fishing is done in the Bahamas right off the Grand Bahama Island. Uh, these places rarely receive any fishing pressure due to their locations. 
you will have opportunities to catch some of the biggest fish of your life. Like all destinations, fish species vary with time of year. Spring and summer, you can expect to catch monster wahoo, yellowfin tuna, dolphin, blue marlin. Um, the extreme, uh, the extreme team experienced some amazing fishing in only a short time. Flying fish darting across our heads. Wahoo caught on the first drop and fighting fish for over an hour. The drop off is less than a mile off the beach, and uh, starting point. Uh, oh, sorry, or that the starting point and the water is clear as day. We are truly at the time of their life. First place wins a huge payout of five grand. So. Let's just let's just digest that for a second, shall we? Never mind the fact that you're going to get to go to the Bahamas and do some crazy fishing, but uh, yeah, you you get a chance to win five grand. Nuts. Yeah, I know. I see. You know, Moss, our boy um, Drew, just showed up in the chat room. I know they're already signed up. They're going. Um, <clears throat> definitely something I want to do. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun, regardless. Who cares if you win or lose or how you how you end up? You get to go to the Bahamas and kayak fish. I mean, that's just nuts. So, you know, Peppy should take more advantage of his situation over there, buddy, <laughs> pal. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So, and, hey, we can run the uh, Hughes across, dude. We'll make we can make oh, it across the Hughes. Yeah, right. Just hope not, <laughs> we don't get any storms. <laughs> but on a flat uh, day, heck yeah, you can do it on a flat day. Yeah, the yep. minnow will be lost. <laughs> the minnow will be lost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll be making I'll be making uh, telephones out of coconuts. But anyhow, so check that out. Again, that's on the uh, that's taking place in April, April twenty fourth through the twenty seventh. So look forward to that. But before he has that, he's got the sailfish smackdown. So if anybody wants to get down on some sailfish, head on down south. And uh, only 40 anglers are going to be able to compete in this first-of-its-kind event. So I don't know if he's already sold out or not. There's entries. But there you go. Um Strictly a sailfish tournament. Three thousand dollar top prize. Second uh, second place a thousand bucks. Third place is five hundred. Um, February first and second, two day tournament. So there you go. Limited to only forty anglers. Yeah, crazy stuff, man. Can you imagine if we had that fishery here? We don't have anything like that here, man. Yeah. Oh well. We but can drive south and good. do it. But. Yep. About a, what? Two. Probably about two hours two-hour drive from here or something like that to get to that area because they're, they're fishing out of Pompano Beach, isn't it? Isn't it by Pompano Beach Pier? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be a... Got to do it sometime, though. Got to go with Brian Nelly and do it with him with some, at least, you know, got to get down well, and try it out. I'm planning on doing it when Chris is here. We need to get down there and film and do some filming offshore. That'd be awesome. Yeah. If oh, we yeah. can't find somebody who's got a, a bigger center console, we can use as a uh, as a chase boat. But anyhow, we're just kind of babbling at this point, uh, folks. As always, we appreciate you guys listening into the uh, the show. Um, again, thank you so much for all the support you showed, Alan. I know him and his family really appreciate it. Um, and uh, 
I can't wait to hear all of his stories from his pretty sweet surprise trip that he got to take with uh, Chris Sensi. And Chris, uh, appreciate that too, bro. Whatever all went into doing that, that was pretty awesome. Uh, Chris called Alan up, was like, hey, you're going fishing with me. I've already cleared it with your wife, and that's just the way that it is. <laughs> so you need to drive up here. Yeah, pretty much, right? You need to drive up here and uh, get in the truck <laughs> because I'm leaving. We're going to Louisiana yeah. for, for like whatever, four or five days, six days, whatever it turned out to be, um, which, hey, man, you talk about rehabilitation. There ain't no, there's no better way to rehabilitate than go play with some marsh donkeys. That's freaking awesome. So, so not jealous at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, well, we'll have our chance. All right, guys. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, Pepe, go ahead and uh, lead us out with all of your uh, sponsors there. And then we'll hit up mine and then we'll get out of here. All right. My, my, uh, I'd like to thank a uh, kayak fishing radio, native watercraft, Terry goods, outdoor shop, kayaks by bow, hook one, yak attack, slayer ink lures, orca coolers, ram mounts, aqua bound paddles, tackle web, fishing Florida radio, black dog custom rods, and tailing toads. And just, just because I, I feel bad as I just went over to the, uh, the phone lines and I saw that our boy Uno Moss is sitting there patiently waiting. What's going on, brother? Hey, my friend. Are you there? We are here. Oh, cool. cool. What's up, Drew? Well, I called, I called in earlier, but I called from my cell phone, and I can't figure this whole Skype thing out from my, uh, from my cell phone, so sorry about that. Oh, no worries. No worries. What's the, uh, what's the word? What's going on in, uh, in the world of Drew today? Well, you know, I've just been listening to the show, and um, I, I wanted to – I was going to touch base on a couple of the different topics that you guys were, uh, were talking about, but, hell, you're wrapping up, so you're going to have to wait till next week to, uh, to hear my big mouth, I guess. No. No. It's, I got you on the line now, man. It's not often we get to, to hear your wisdom. It's my show. I got an hour. I got two hours to fill. Actually, technically, I got forty-nine minutes and ten seconds. So go. <laughs> well, I'll go. I'll go backwards. Then I'll go backwards real quick, just to, and touch on a couple of the subjects you guys did uh, yeah, did talk about earlier. First and foremost is uh, the E versus T tournament. I do uh-huh. want to put a plug in there that if the if the ladies will have me, I am planning on fishing on the estrogen side, and I am going to be fishing in drag. I'm going to have Bailey with me, my lucky fishing dog, and I'm going to be fishing in drag. So uh, if, you, if you want some uh, photo and video opportunities, this is a great, uh, this is a great time to some, uh, some of those photos that uh, you might be able to use uh, for blackmail sometime in the future. You know, that is just gonna awesome. I was just going to suggest that, Drew. If you fish with the women, I was just going to say that you need to dress up like a, you need to put a dress on. You got to put a wig on, the whole stuff. You got to dress up. I can, I can almost guarantee you as, as many times as I have spent uh, downtown on Fat Tuesday in New Orleans, I have got some costumes that I can put together that you guys will absolutely, uh, you will absolutely love. I'm talking head to toe. It's going to be, it'll, it won't be something to miss. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Well, bro, I give you I, I give you permission to go fish with the chicks. I want to I want to see this. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. And Bailey's gonna be there. 
I don't know if Bailey will have her Barbie costume on the entire time because she gets tired of wearing the tutu after a while. It gets in her way, but I'm going to do what I can to at least have her in costume for uh, um, for a little while. So. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That's awesome. Listen, I did want to say two more things. You guys talked about some of my favorite fishing in the fall, um, uh, redfish and trout both. Um, and, and some of the stuff you guys mentioned specifically about redfish, I absolutely love. You guys are reading from the, from the Bible of, of what it takes to catch redfish in the fall. One of the things that I did want to mention, the colors you guys are talking about, those lighter colors, those easier colors for a fish um, to, uh, to see, You've got a lot more of a different species of shrimp that are moving into the bay systems in the fall. In the summertime, we, we typically have the brown shrimp, the darker colors, where everybody uses like those root beer colors and those molting colors. You mentioned the uh, uh, chicken on a chain, those types of colors, those lighter colors. We have a lot of those smaller, the tiger shrimp um, and, the, and the, um, uh, the open water shrimp that usually live in the ocean, that move, some of those move into the bay systems into the river, into the lagoon in the wintertime. So you'll find a lot of those lighter colored shrimp um, in, the, uh, in the water system in the wintertime. I think that it's absolutely key to switch to some lighter colors in the fall and on into the winter. And I think another thing that a lot of people are missing um, with a lot of these, uh, these redfish now in the fall are going to start splitting up into those smaller groups, three fish, two fish, singles, sometimes maybe four or five, those fish are less aggressive. They, there's less competition. So uh, a slower presentation, something that's going to basically crawl across the bottom, something that's going to be a lot slower. And I really think that this time of year, more than any, scent is a huge benefit in making those fish that, um, that are not really in competition with one another than making those, making those bites. The scented baits, I know that... Um, you know, there's some soft plastics out there that come impregnated with all the different scents. Of course, gulp is that's everybody's favorite, except for the, you know, the pinfish and the um, and the puffers love love those things. Um, I have become a big proponent of the Procure scents. Um, they're coming out with the ladyfish and with the blue crab scents. Um, those things are showing up on the shelves now. Uh, um, I'm absolutely having some incredible success, especially with the blue crab scent. Um, I think this fall it's really going to be a big, um, uh, you know, a big producer for those for those redfish um, this fall. Lighter colors, slower presentation, and adding that scent to maybe maybe just give that a little bit of additional um, key to those to those fish to be able to um, to grab those. Um, yeah, you mentioned, um, you mentioned in the winter and the fall as far as trout. Man, this is the time where I love love to look for those big trout. I, I'm really planning on the in the in the next ten days. Um, we're going on a big trout search down in Fort Pierce. Um, there's been some decent trout caught recently, uh, some long fish. They're not necessarily heavier this time of year, but they are nice and long this time of year. And um, I've got uh, tentative plans to go out with um, Mr. Fault, Mr. Paul uh, uh, Van Dean, 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 from Unfair Lures. We have got a 28 to 30 inch trout. Uh, in our sites that we're going to go and, uh, and work on in the next couple of uh, couple of eight or ten days, um, using the unfair advantage lures, perfect lures for this type of fishing. When I'm looking for a really big trout, you know I do a lot of it at nighttime. It's basically mm-hmm. following the tide and it's following the moon. It doesn't mean you got to be out there at three o'clock in the morning. I'm looking for the high tide and the brightest moon that I can get 
sometimes that's eight or nine o'clock at night. Sometimes it is the wee hours of the morning, but more times than not, because I'm old and lazy, I'm going to look for that, for that, for the brightest moon that I can get and the highest tide that I can get somewhere around um, eight, nine, ten o'clock at night. By then, most of the day anglers are off of the water. The water's deep enough that um, in some of these areas, it's really shallow that I can get back to. And I'm going to use a small, subtle presentation. I, I'm not using a top water lure. I'm using something that's a subsurface. Um, the uh, uh, the unfair advantage, the new mullet, uh, and they've got a bigger one now. That's that's a fantastic lure. Or the um, the rip and slash. These are some subsurface baits that I can use slowly, um, being able to pull that bait through the water, using that little bit of sonic signature to get the attention of the fish, but also being able to pause it. I want that fish to be able to look for it. I want that fish to be able to hear it and think he knows where it is, and then it stops. And then the next twitch typically results in a freight train hitting the thing. Um, I, I, I just I think this this is really the time of the year when most of the big trout are are caught, and it's going to be on more subtle subtle presentations rather than a big noisy topwater lure or a big galumpin five inch jerk bait something like that. Downsizing in the baits, making them a little bit more subtle, making them a little bit more quiet in the water, something that they haven't seen before. So. Awesome. Uh, and I'm going to touch back. I'm going to backtrack a minute back to what you were saying about sliding baits, you know, nice and soft across the bottom, whatever, <clears throat> and using bait, uh, using scent products. I was using um, Lunker Sauce in the Blue Crab scent for since they first came out with it a couple of years back. And uh, I would take that with Exude, with the, with the uh, Exude Crabs and just let it marinate for days on the dashboard of my truck until it was just so rotten. It was nasty and, uh, rig those things weedless, throw them out. And if you see fish cruising or see fish tailing, just exactly what you said, just hold the rod tip low and just really slow, just nice and slow, steady retrieve, nothing crazy, no twitching, no bouncing, nothing like that. Just drag it through the grass and man, those things would just annihilate it. I mean, I, I had to use pliers more times in the winter time, when I fish with with, uh, with crabs than I ever have for anything else to get hooks out because they try to swallow the darn things, um, you know, on a three oh, o or four o weedless hook. Absolutely, with a, with a crab scent, with a crab type of a bait, um, it's not necessarily like when you're using a mullet, a minnow, you know, some sort of a fin fish presentation. These fish know they've got those crushers in the back of their throat for a reason. When they pick up something that they think is a crab, it goes directly into the back of their throat, and they're trying to crush it. Which is also good for us. I mean, as anglers, sometimes it's not so good for the redfish, but good for us as anglers because when they do that, man, and you feel that thud, and you go to rip their head off, next thing you know, you're buttoned in, and nine times out of ten, it ain't coming out uh, until you get the pliers in there and, and pop it out. But, uh, man, I love throwing crab-type patterns. In fact, uh, I've, I've stocked the store already with some crab plastics, man, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to convince some people to throw them. In fact, a real quick funny story, uh, I was at the Big Rock Sports Show, and I was talking to one of the guys from the Z-Man booth, and uh, I asked him, I said, why don't you have your crabs? Why are they not here in your booth? And he was like, man, you know, we just, they're not a really good seller for us. We don't really move them real well, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, we're coming into that season when you should, as a as a company, really be pushing those crabs. I said, he's like, yeah, but, you know, most of our shops end up sending them back to us, and we give them credit for something else or whatever. And uh, And I tell him, look. I'll make you a challenge. I was only going to order two two packs per color just to get a footprint on the wall. 
I'll order a dozen packs per color, and I promise you I'll be calling you within a month and a half to within a month to uh, to uh, restock. Because once you explain to somebody how easy it is to fish a plastic crab and how deadly they are, it makes no sense for you not to have them in your kayak. Because on the days where you're throwing a an SST, SSB, STB, whatever your 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 stick shad or your jerk bait or your uh, shad tail is of choice, and they're refusing it because you're twitching it, you're moving it, you you know it's just not natural to them what they're trying to feed on right now. You would wish to God you had something you can slow down and really make it look like what it is they're feeding on. And I've I'll tell you I've had them I've had belly crawlers in the south end of the lagoon. Up, up in the mud, sucking fiddler crabs out of the mud, just annihilate a crab pattern that I drug off the mud, off the bank, into the into the shallow, shallow water, and just watch them just crush it because it acts, moves, and does exactly what it is that they're feeding on. So yeah, awesome, good point. Yeah, that's actually one of the things that I that I promote in the in some of the seminars that I do. You know, so many people are are accustomed to using a paddle tail or or a jerk bait or a slug or, or something like that. And moving the thing, and and I and I ask people in, in, in every single seminar, every 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 group of people that I talk to, I ask them, have you ever had a single or a double or even a triple fish that are laid up, fish that are just laying, or fish that are cruising really slow, but they're not being very aggressive, and you throw that stick bait out there, or you throw that that longer profile bait out there, and you give it a twitch, and what happens? You blow the fish up, they're gone. You see nothing but a mud trail, and they're completely gone. Using yep. a crab pattern and reeling the thing. If you think you're reeling it slow enough, if you think you're working it slow enough, stop. Absolutely stop. Move it half as slow as you think you need to, and nine times out of ten, that single or that double or in an opportunity where you think that redfish is going gonna, is gonna to turn and, and move away or he's not going to pay any attention to it, especially if you're using something that's scented or using an additional scent, nine times out of ten, those fish that you would normally have blow up and take off are going to pick up that crab or they're going to pick up that wider just some sort of a wider i think a, a, a round piece of plastic i think you could do it with just a round piece of plastic something that has a wider fatter profile i think they're absolutely going to grab that yeah yeah no and it's i mean i was told i was explained to use the crab uh by a friend of mine uh captain travis tanner who is awesome at at, at catching redfish i mean the guy has made a living at at winning tournaments Blair Wiggins was one of his uh tournament partners for a bunch of years and those guys won everything there is to win and I was fishing with him one time and I I came back and we were talking and I was like man you know in the kayak it's cool because we can we can find these fish that you guys can't get to in the skiffs when they're real close to the bank and they're eating crabs I can't ever get them to eat nothing I mean I throw everything at him I can't get them to eat nothing and he hands me a bag of just a just like a a Ziploc, like a true name Ziploc bag, not like a, a pack of plastics, but a Ziploc bag with some exude crabs in it covered in, uh, in lunker sauce in blue crab scent. And he was like, rig that on a three O or even a four O weedless hook. And just like you said, reel it as slow as you can, or if you can get the line tight, don't even reel it. Just pull the rod tip. Just pull the rod tip nice and slow. And I mean, as slow as you can and pass it across your lap. And they'll crush it. I went out the very next trip and I caught like 12 fish in the morning and every one came off of that. And as we said before, the, the, the strike for the crab is like nothing. If you've never fished with a crab bait, if you've never fished with a live crab, an artif- I mean a quartered crab, 
half crab or an artificial crab, and you've never felt the strike from a redfish on a crab, it's not like it is when they pick up an SS, I mean, a, a, a stick bait or a shad tail or something like that. Because as, as uh, Drew said, they, they know this thing's got, this thing's got claws, it's got spines. I got to kill it as soon as it gets in my mouth. Otherwise it's going to hurt me. So man, they just, boom, they power down on it. And it's, it's, it's awesome. It is. It's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a fantastic trick to put in, put in your, in your toolbox. It, it absolutely is. And, and they'll, you'll find that, you know, sometimes those situations arise where you're, you're having fish that are just not doing what you want them to do with other baits. Remember that trick, put it in, put it in your bag of tricks and, and pull out that exude crab, put some kind of a, uh, a sense on it, throw it out there and let it sit. Just let it, just let it sit. If you have to twitch it, twitch it half as much as you, as you think you would need to. And they may, the, the amazing results will just, it, it, it's absolutely phenomenal. It, it really is. It really is. Especially this time of year. You know, and as we go into winter, the, the finfish are going to disappear. We're not going to have nearly as many mullet. We're not going to have nearly as many pinfish. You know, these fish are going to be keying on the things that are here year-round, those fiddler crabs, those blue crabs. Those things are what they're going to be keying on to supply them the protein and the fat that they need to get through the winter. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, you got anything else to add, Drew? No, that, that about covers it. I, I appreciate you taking my call. No, bro, I appreciate you calling in. I I hope you call in more often because we always get a a really good uh, lesson from you, man. You're you're your wealth of knowledge, and we, uh, you know, we appreciate it. Well, I appreciate Drew. that. Appreciate that, Peppy. Be Drew, you for me um, next weekend. I'm going to be giving you uh, a run for your money next weekend, and uh, be looking for <laughs> in, in uh, bright, bright floral and pink uh, here in uh, in another month or so. Yeah. Hey Drew, uh, are you fishing this Saturday? Are you fishing the tournament? I am. Yeah, you I'm, just, I'm, you just yeah, told okay. you he's going to give you a run for your money. Well, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I couldn't. I I didn't know if you were talking about the whole estrogen uh, testosterone tournament or something like that. Uh, he's going to he's going <laughs> to give us a run for our money in that one too. Well, I'd absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> No, Good I'll, deal, I'll, Drew. I'll be there this weekend. I'll be there fishing with you and, and Captain Pat and everybody else. So uh, you know, I can't. I can't let you. Wait. I can't let you just walk away with everything. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Only one boat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Drew, you got anybody you want to uh, plug real quick? You want to plug uh, any of your businesses or anything? Well, we've been talking about this since um, uh, Procure is uh, is somebody that we picked up this this past year as a uh, as a supporter. And I understand they're going to uh, support us again this next year coming up. Um, I would not be using the product, and I wouldn't even mention the name if I absolutely didn't believe in it. So um, if, uh, if, if KBB Outfitters is selling uh, uh, Procure, I recommend everybody going down there and trying out the, uh, the crab scent and the new ladyfish scent. I'm excited about what that's going to do uh, for my summertime fishing as well. Indeed, I do have both. I, actually, I have inshore. I have shrimp. I have Menhaden, I have Ladyfish, I have Crab, I have it in the small sizes and the large sizes. Yeah, outstanding. It's been it's been good talking to you guys. You too, buddy. Hey, Appreciate it, man. Talking. Drew, I'll see you on Saturday, man. All right, good luck. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Man, I like talking to Drew. That guy, I'm telling you what, if there's uh if there's somebody out there you can learn from that guy right there for sure. I mean, just look at him and his son's track record. I mean, it kind of speaks for itself, but, uh, well, 
with that, folks, it's 928. I'm going to get out of here, and I'm going to go watch some Monday Night Football and uh, say a little visual from my uncle there. He was a huge Miami Dolphins fan. He uh, was a, a season ticket holder for over 20 years. So, uh, you know. And they're getting their butts off. whooped right now. I'm sure they are. <laughs> I mean, whatever. It, somebody had to get whooped one way or another. But, you know, it'll be whatever. It's all good. So, uh, um, folks, again, well, what's that? One more thing, Chuck. One more important thing before we before we close it out. Yeah. Um, a little, if everybody out there could please say a little prayer for uh, Captain Glenn Austin. Um, Captain Glenn Austin suffered a minor heart attack today. Shut and, up. And, yeah, he did. Yes, he did. And he was in the hospital and everything like that and doing a whole bunch of tests and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, if you could please say a prayer for, for Captain Glenn Austin. Definitely will, absolutely. And uh, we'll post that we we'll post that up on Facebook too, man. Make sure we get everybody out there to, to send up their good yeah. vibes to uh, for him. So speedy recovery, man. I hate to hear that for anybody, especially Glenn. He's a good dude. So uh, yeah. we, we get out of here with my sponsors, and then we'll uh, let you guys cut you guys loose. I'd like to thank Hobie Kayaks, Orca Coolers, Tackle Webs, Railblazer and Yak Gear, Ego Nets, ENO, Bending Branches Paddles, Slayer Ink Lures, KBB Outfitters, KBB, Real Adrenaline Energy Drinks, and Adventurous Rods. So with that, everybody, have a good evening. Uh, Take a kid fishing. Try and be safe out there. Take care of yourself. Do like I'm trying to do. Lose some weight if you need to. You know, you're not going to do it sitting on the couch talking about it. The only way to do it is to get out and actually do it. Riding a bike is fun. If you got little ones, tow them behind you. Gives you a little bit more cardio. So uh, there you go. You know, I want to see all of us friends and family in this little fishing community grow old together so we can be all grouchy old bastards sitting outside tackle shops talking to young kids about the way things used to be. But with that, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But with that, we're out. Yep. Um, everybody take it easy. God bless. Take a kid fishing in the future of our sport. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya. Yep. Nice.